Welcome to Woking Up. White supremacy. White, white, white supremacy is the fringe of the fringe. This is a mini-series brought to you by Polite Conversations. All of a sudden we can't talk about Neanderthal DNA anymore. Here I'll talk about my journey into and out of being a new atheist Sam Harris fan. In and of itself, in and of itself, that video is not evidence of racism. I'm your ex-Muslim host, Ina. No, not the right-wing kind. Thank you for tuning in. This is how the left will die. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 7 of Woking Up. Yes, it's back. I know, I know, it's been a while since I did one of these. There's a lot to catch up on, but thank you for your patience. I really needed a break from this particular project as it is very intense and consuming and draining. The amount of research and effort that goes into just one of these is ridiculous and sometimes I wonder if it's even worth it, if it's actually reaching people or not. Because you see, Sam Harris has created this sweet little spot for himself where everyone he's publicly surrounded himself by in the past few years has turned out to be such a blatant piece of shit that by comparison he comes off looking like the best turd in the pile. You have anti-vaxxers, Trumpians, conspiracy theorists, and just all flavors of awful. All of whom Sam has helped raise the profiles of and endorsed, mind you. But for some, desperate to cling to his credibility, it seems they'll forever point at others more obvious in their terribleness than Sam and say, hey, hey, well, at least he's not that bad. But therein lies the danger, friends. This is the guy that's going to increase the longevity and the credibility of these IDW-type projects. Right-wing, rebranding, rehabilitation stuff, you know? This is the guy that's going to reach and recruit people that are less far-right than, say, James Lindsay's fans. Which is precisely what's alarming about him. Because he can reach further across the political spectrum. While Lindsay, especially now, is restricted to the very obvious far right of that spectrum, Sammy can appear more reasonable, but legitimize and support the same kinds of ideas. He can get people from the so-called center on board too because he does it much more respectably, you see. He won't openly say that he's worried wokeness will cause white genocide like James Lindsay has, but he will fearmonger about wokeness causing reverse racism and talk about how Muslimic birth rates are ominous and how France is probably going to be a majority Muslim country in a couple of decades and how that'll cause a civil war or something. So yeah, still pretty fucking ridiculous and dangerous. They're all cogs in the same right-wing spin machine with shared goals and shared enemies and You have to see them all as pieces and parts of the same problem. So I just sometimes wonder if enough people are noticing the extent of the awful here in regards to Sam because it is bad. He's just smarter about it than Dave Rubin or the Weinsteins are. So 
I'm always wary of the type of IDW quote-unquote critic that has picked one or two of the lower-hanging IDW fruit and focus mostly on them while assuring you that people like Sam Harris are indeed one of the better ones and that we should give him some credit because he isn't a QAnoner or anti-vaxxer, you see. Just ignore the fact that he's repeatedly propped people up who turn out to be these things and use his platform to make these very people more influential. But, you know, he's he's different from all the other IDWers. He's, he's better. Plus, he did that whole IDW retirement thing. <laughs> Please, I'm gonna stop you right there with that line of reasoning. The bar is on the fucking ground. We covered the disingenuous IDW retirement in episode three of Woking Up, I believe. You can check out why I thought that was a crock of shit over there. And, like... You know, since then, he's done nothing differently. He's continued to pump out the same IDW-esque garbage again and again and again. He was just uncomfortable with that branding since it became such a joke and also easily identified them all as people with horrendous views and garbage politics. The jig was up. It was time to move on to maybe other labels or maybe no labels. Whatever it takes to maintain that plausible deniability and respectability. And you know, he's so definitely better than all the other right-wingers because at least he's not out there jumping on the latest right-wing moral panic, critical race theory, fear-mongering, or anything. The idea of having a right answer to a problem is racist. Those claims are not just coming out of the mouths of blue-haired maniacs. This is the kind of thing that is infecting the New York Times and even scientific journals like Nature and The Lancet and JAMA. And during COVID, there were just some insane claims from our best organs of of science that seem to have become, at least on on those topics, organs of critical race theory. Organs of critical race theory. Critical race theory. Just in July, Sam tweeted high praise for an episode of Barry Weiss's podcast about whether schools should ban CRT or not. This is the free speech crowd, everyone. Who argues for the fucking free speech rights of Nazis on campus and shit, but talking to students about the history of their country, about racism... Well, banning that type of speech should be treated as a fair and legitimate position. Love to be a free speech warrior, eh? Barry began this episode legitimizing every garbage right-wing talking point you've ever heard regarding this CRT panic. Over the past month or so, I'm the mother of a high school senior. Parents around the country have been showing up at school board meetings and speaking out against what they are calling critical race theory. Critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter that her mother's evil. The reason that these parents are talking about it now isn't because they've all just discovered the writings of critical theorists like Derek Bell or Kimberly Crenshaw. 
No. The reason they're talking about it is because the worldview of critical race theory, the concepts associated with critical race theory, concepts with names like systemic racism, white privilege, white fragility, anti-racism, 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 wait, wait, wait. Anti-racism is critical race theory now? The idea of racial affinity groups. All of those ideas that were once confined to elite classrooms at law schools and universities, they're now showing up, well, pretty much everywhere. And did she just admit that she would rather it remain confined to elite classrooms? (laughs) They're showing up in mandatory race consciousness trainings at companies like Disney and Amazon. They're showing up in newspapers. They're showing up on television. And, most importantly, they're showing up in classrooms across the country. Oh dear, well we can't have anti-racism show up in Disney and on TV and in our classrooms now. Think of the children! They're showing up in classrooms across the country where they are affecting what millions of American children are being taught about the country, about race, and about themselves. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT and its hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that is oppressed. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed status in America because they are black is racist. All of this is what's causing parents to come out and demand an end to it. Not only does it not promote justice, it does the opposite. It promotes racism. And you cannot cure racism with more racism. The types of quotes she chooses to highlight here are no different to what Candace Owens would have to say on the topic. The twisting of words, the hijacking of social justice language. Actually, the people who talk about racism and notice racism are the real racists. (laughs) Don't we all know that one by now? This is just another version of it. One of the oldest right-wing tricks in the book. Rather than listening to the concerns of these parents and taking them seriously, the talking heads on cable news have decided to play word games with the issue. And and I'll give you three examples of critical race being taught in schools. Hold on one second. In Cupertino, California. These are in your talking points. Robin Robin D'Angelo is not a critical race theorist, and I want everyone... Yeah, not like the anti-CRT crew and Barry Weiss are playing word games with this or twisting anything, right? Elite media figures have spent most of their energy arguing that these parents are ignorant about what CRT really is. We're going to deconstruct their racial identities That's and then rank themselves theory. according to power and privilege. It's intersectionality theory. Which Isn't the 1619 Project critical race theory? No, it's not actually. It's absolutely not. No, 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 or in another one of their favorite moves, claiming that anyone opposed to these new programs is merely a racist that wants to protect their own privilege. Uh, that's the whole thing about what privilege is, is that people don't like to have their pleasure interrupted, their peace interrupted. And so people think that it should be the way that it should be because they have been taught that in, right. in, in this country. Of course, this has only made the parents coming out to these meetings more passionate than ever. Just because I do not want critical race 
race theory taught to my children in school does not mean that I'm a racist, damn it. <laughs> So yes, critical race theory, it's an imperfect and confusing term. Just like wokeness, just like social justice, just like intersectionality. Vague enough to fit anything the right wants it to, just like wokeness or political correctness. Anything that disrupts the status quo, anything they don't like or feel threatened by. Those that are trying to play semantic games or pretend that you need to have a law degree or a PhD or even a college degree to talk about this subject, they're intentionally hiding the ball. And no, contrary to what you may have heard, this is not some right-wing attempt to stop public schools from talking about the history of slavery or the nature of racism in America. Oh, I think that's exactly what it is, Barry. In schools across the country, not all schools, but a lot of schools, administrators and teachers are bringing this fringe, divisive, and yes, sometimes even racist ideology into the classroom. And they're bringing it into the classroom under the guise of progressivism. More than that, they are using this worldview to undermine or get rid of core academic programs, programs like algebra and other basic parts of an American education. And the reason they are doing that is because if those programs result in any difference in outcome between racial groups, then that in and of itself is seen as evidence of systemic racism. All she does in this episode is use cherry-picked examples to instill fear that the left is coming after white people, white children especially, under the guise of progressivism. She also used an example of a foster child who had a tough life to imply that white privilege wasn't a real thing. It just so manipulative. And tell me how that that's different from... Something Paul Joseph Watson, formerly of InfoWars, would put out. The most amazing part about this is that as they are doing it, they are denying it. Critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or middle schools or high schools. It's a method of examination taught in law school and in college that helps analyze whether systemic racism exists, and in particular, whether it has an effect on law and public policy. But cultural warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination as CRT to try to make it toxic. They are bullying teachers and trying to stop us from teaching students accurate history. So just to be clear, this is Randy Weingarten saying that critical race theory is a boogeyman, and yet... And she uses accurate quotes like this as her examples of progressive dishonesty. At one point, to describe people in favor of CRT bans as a totally normal position, she actually compared banning critical race theory from schools to banning phrenology, ironically something her IDW friends are very much into, and banning Holocaust denial in schools. The question then becomes, what should be done about all of this? 
Some Republican lawmakers in states around the country think they've come up with the right solution. And that solution is a ban, to legally ban critical race theory from public schools. As it stands, there are more than a dozen states that have proposed bills banning or restricting the teaching of this ideology or passed them. Now, supporters of these bills say that that's a no-brainer in the same way that we would ban phrenology or Holocaust denial or criticize teachers that teach astrology as a real science. Of course we should ban racial essentialism. It's un-American. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but these things are very different from anti-racism. So dishonest. And this is the quality of content that Sam considers excellent and worth promoting. Sam really is just a more restrained James Lindsay, or Dave Rubin, even, with a monocle. When will people get this? Maybe some rational bros can tell me again how Sam is merely a misguided progressive, or how unfair it is to write articles pointing out that he does often merge with the far right in rhetoric and views. And to top it all off, Barry's episode featured intelligent design advocate Chris Rufo as if he's some legitimate voice and not just a far-right propagandist that has acknowledged multiple times that part of his plan was to A, fearmonger about CRT, and B, toxify and taint any mention of inequality, race, racism, and brand it all under the umbrella of CRT regardless of whether it is or not, so that any future discussions on race and racism could be discredited. And she refers to Rufo as one of the most informed people. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, I called up two of the most informed and engaged people that are arguing on opposite sides of this debate, Christopher Rufo and David French. If you have heard of the phrase critical race theory, it is likely because of the work of Chris Rufo. He has done the lion's share of reporting that has brought this issue into the mainstream. He's also been working with state lawmakers on many of these proposed bills. This is what Sam considers excellent. I cannot stress it enough. Promoting intelligent design advocates to own the libs. That's where we are now. At this point, honestly, anyone that mentions CRT as something to seriously worry about and not to point out that it's a right-wing fear-mongering tactic, a dog whistle, and a nonsense moral panic should be seen in a similar light to any other right-wing hack leaning on this shit. Teaching of critical race theory in America's schools has been meeting fierce resistance from parents all across the nation. You've seen that. Look, we should be celebrating diversity. Critical race theory doesn't celebrate diversity. It weaponizes it. That's bad for America. Joining me now, Steve Miller, my great pal. I'll just say this. The critical race theory will hopefully be the moment when the left overreached so dramatically in pushing this policy that there was a giant snapback and America said enough, enough, enough. We're not going to take this anymore. Let's not forget, Larry, it was the Democrat Party for decades that was the party of segregation. Not Republicans, the party of Lincoln and civil rights. And critical race theory is simply a new attempt at segregation, a new attempt at dividing people based on their skin color. 
And the party of Lincoln, the party of Reagan, the party of Trump, the party of Eisenhower will not stand for it. In the universities, this is called critical race theory. So that's the term that most people go with. Critical race theory. That's what we so often debate on television. That's a clip we just showed you. It's not critical race theory. It's racism. Not neo-racism or reverse racism. Those are meaningless terms. It is race hate. It is peddled by the people in charge in the hope that it will make them more powerful. That's all it is. We haven't said that often enough or clearly enough. And because we haven't, because we've been tied up in some pointless debate about a concept that nobody can actually define, the race hate, and that's what it is, has oozed from the universities and it has infected the entire country, including at the very highest levels. All right, so the pushback to critical race theory has begun. Christopher Rufo is one of the lead researchers on that particular issue. He now works over at the Manhattan Institute. The kind of thing that is infecting the New York Times and even scientific journals like Nature and The Lancet and JAMA. And I mean, during COVID, there were just some insane claims from our best organs of, of science that seem to have become, at least on, the, on those topics, organs of you know, critical race theory. Organs of you know, critical race theory. Critical race theory. Critical race theory. These right-wing talking heads, they're really not so different from one another, are they? And Sam is not so different from them. Anyway, before we get to the meat of this episode and keeping with our extremely Harris theme, let me just do a little housekeeping. No, I don't have any accusations of racism that I need to clarify and expand upon, (laughs) but I'll just do my own kind of housekeeping. So, as I was saying before, I I really needed that break from the swamp of high-level ideas that I have to wade through for waking up, and doing that with very little sleep and almost zero alone time and almost zero quiet time to record, courtesy of my toddler, it's starting to seem pretty difficult. But aside from podcasting challenges, there has been a lot going on in my life personally too, and I've just been feeling super overwhelmed and swamped, sort of demotivated. We moved recently for one, so that's been an upheaval. And uh, definitely, zero out of 10, do not recommend moving with a baby during a global pandemic with minimal help. Avoid that if you can. It took months and months of planning, and uh, still, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I won't bore you with the details, but let's just say last-minute burst pipes were involved and cost me thousands upon thousands of dollars that I don't have. Um, Our couch wouldn't fit up the basement stairs. I don't even know how we got it in there to begin with, so... We had to saw it in half at the last minute to get it out. Under immense time constraints, too, because we had to vacate our place by a certain time for the new people, and it was just madness. And just locating the right type of saw on such short notice was an adventure in itself. Then it turns out I might need some surgery soon, unrelated to the move and unrelated to all the awful content I expose myself to, don't worry. But all of this is happening at once, of course. So that whole thing has been fun. So I just thought I'd explain 
that this is why production of Woking Up was sort of on break for a bit. Other types of podcast episodes are so much easier to do than these. Um, so I did a few of those. And uh, on top of all that, over the course of this pandemic, I've lost pretty much most of my freelance design gigs. So with the recent move and ridiculous amounts of unexpected expenses, it has been tough, man. So I'm opening up my commissions for art. If you want any art for Christmas, let me know soonish. Pet portraits or people portraits or house portraits even make great gifts. You can email me or DM me or message me on Instagram or Patreon. You can check out my Instagram for any existing prints I have too. I'll add all those links in the show notes. But any support would be much appreciated in these pretty tough financial times. And of course, if you're listening to this and happen to have any freelance illustration or design work or audio editing work, please do let me know because... That would be massively helpful right now, too. And finally, if you've ever enjoyed my podcast and wanted to support it, but haven't quite got around to it, this would really be a very, very helpful time to do so. I absolutely hate talking about these types of personal issues and pitching and selling. I hate it so much. It's super cringe. But I am really in a tighter spot financially than I've ever been. So yeah, support this show if you like it and can. Thank you very much for listening to that pitch, which I hated doing. And if you are already a patron, thank you so, so much, because you are the reason I'm able to continue this podcast. I cannot express enough how grateful I am to have people like you that support my work. It is a great privilege to have any support at all. Thank you sincerely. You guys are the absolute best, which is why I did a pet portrait giveaway on Patreon recently. And time permitting, I would like to do more art giveaways on Patreon. So hopefully we can make that happen more often. Let's see now. What else? Um, Oh yeah. If you've been following my other show, Polite Conversations, you'll know that there was this sort of bizarre drama and lurch backwards in the supposed progressive areas of the atheist scene where all sorts of surprising people came out of the woodwork to deny what I thought was well-established fact that new atheism did in fact merge with the far right. So I spent some podcasting time on that stuff too. It sort of felt weird continuing on with this more advanced, specific, granular kind of stuff when so many seemed unclear on the 101 stuff still. If you missed all that and want to catch up on it, you can check out my previous three episodes, which I will also link in the show notes. And yeah, boy, that was a disappointing and eye-opening chapter too. Jesus, so many people I thought were allies and on the right side of this clearly weren't. So, dear listeners, we are in this shit far deeper than I thought and must push back harder than ever before. Great times to be alive, though. You know, Tucker Carlson is using the tragic situation in Afghanistan to spread some great replacement type shit. 
an unrelenting stream of immigration. But why? Well, Joe Biden just said it, to change the racial mix of the country. That's the reason, to reduce the political power of people whose ancestors lived here and dramatically increase the proportion of Americans newly arrived from the third world. And then Biden went further. He said that non-white DNA is the, quote, source of our strength. Imagine saying that. This is the language of eugenics. It's horrifying. But there's a reason Biden said it. In political terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. They brag about it all the time. But if you dare to say it's happening, they will scream at you with maximum hysteria. And here you have Joe Biden confirming his motive on tape with a smile on his face. But don't worry, because white supremacy is just fringe of the 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 fringe. It's being promoted on national TV, but you know, fringe. Because as we all know, it only counts as white supremacy if there's a self-identifying KKK guy involved. And Tucker certainly isn't that. Do you see a hood? No, well, can't be white supremacy then. I mean, sure, Tucker recently had a self-described defender of white nationalism and Anders Breivik apologist on, Curtis Yarvin or Moldbug, you might know him as. But you know, even though he was invited onto a mainstream network, it's still fringe. Because there was no hood. And you think I'm kidding, but sadly, this is not just a straw man or a parody of Sam's views on this type of thing. Here he is in a recent interview on another terrible-seeming podcast called Unspeakable, where the host sounds like she's just as bad, if not worse, than him. Here they are talking about Trump. You know, the guy that Sam always criticizes in his own unique way. Um, and it wasn't even, it wasn't a mainstream phenomenon even with Trump in the White House, right? I mean, it's, it's, no. Having Trump in the White House was not having, was not the same thing as having a white supremacist in the White House. And again, I, I say this to someone who, who believes he knows to a, a moral certainty that Trump actually is a, you know, uh, certainly an Archie Bunker-like racist. Yeah, do you actually think he's a, he's a racist? I mean, I've talked about this with people. I don't actually think he's a sexist. I think he's a womanizer. Right. I don't think he's yeah. a misogynist. I just think these are, these are, you know, these are tiny little discrepancies. But, like, is he a, he's an opportunist, so he'll, he'll take anybody he can get. Right, right. So it's, you know, I viewed his presidency as a disaster, but he was not a grand dragon of the KKK. He was not a grand dragon of the KKK. He was not a grand dragon of the KKK. And he was not giving witness to a massive cultural influence of, you know, white supremacist thinking in our society. And to the degree that the left alleged that, the, the left went, you know, properly crazy under Trump. The left went, you know, properly crazy under Trump. The left went, you know, properly crazy under Trump. Um, and um, so... The asymmetry here is important to point out. The reason why we focus on, on what's happening on the left, the, the extreme voices of, of wokeness and, and social justice and uh, um, I, 
identity politics there is because the, the fringe on the left isn't just the fringe anymore. The fringe on the left has fully captured our institutions. It's captured academia. It's captured the media. It's captured tech. It's captured Hollywood. Uh, and so, I mean, we're, we're living in a world where the most powerful people in our society you know, produce their own hostage videos, right. saying, right. just rending themselves, talking about their their ra- internalized racism and how they're going to yeah. do better. Even after January 6th, for fuck's sake, this is what Sam is going around saying. The left is the real problem because even though Trump might be racist, he's not nearly as racist as the left say he is. Because do you see any white hoods? Checkmate libs. But back to Tucker for a minute. He's been out there saying the Taliban won because they rejected gender studies. Why did the Taliban win? How did the 6th century triumph over the 21st century? There are indications that the single most notorious and reviled government in the world, primitive people famous for their brutality, rigidity, and humorlessness, are more popular in parts of Afghanistan than they were when we expelled the Mullahs from Kandahar 20 years ago. They don't seem to be less popular. So how did that happen? What's the answer? Well, countries are very complicated, all of them, so there are likely many answers. But one of those answers may be that the population of Afghanistan has firmly rejected what our leaders were selling it over 20 years. It turns out that the people of Afghanistan don't actually want gender studies symposia. They didn't actually buy the idea that men can become pregnant. They thought that was ridiculous. They don't hate their own masculinity. They don't think it's toxic. Oh yeah, nothing toxic about the Taliban's version of masculinity at all. They like the patriarchy. Some of their women like it too. So now they're getting it all back. So maybe it's possible that we failed in Afghanistan because the entire neoliberal program is grotesque. some really bizarre fucking takes happening these days. Trying to shoehorn culture war stuff with Taliban stuff. And ludicrous as that take is, it is expected from someone like Tucker, right? At least this clown is someone Sam's never stooped to defending before. Right? Wrong. Okay, but that's not the same thing as uttering a dog whistle. I didn't claim anything about how they meant the utterance. I claimed what what effect it had. Well, no, but I mean, like, you, you take the, the, the most odious thing, I think, that you quote from Tucker, or at least you quote it in the, in the spirit of holding it up as evidence of his racism. He, he at one point says, in what sense is diversity our strength? And, you know, that can be read as, I'm a white guy who just wants to be around more white guys message. It's also a a question that has to be fair game, you know, well within the Overton window when you're talking about understanding society. And let's see, there was more ridiculous culture war slash Taliban stuff. Mike Pompeo was out there blaming the fall of Afghanistan on fucking CRT. 
I mean, what next? Some right-wing hack is gonna try and shove pronouns into one of these Taliban takes? On the left, people tend to denigrate America and Western civilization. And so the, the, very, the idea that we were, could pretend to want to spread our values to the rest of the world when we're the greatest criminals and terrorists in history. And I mean, it's just, it's surreal. On the, le- I mean, on the left, you have people who list their preferred pronouns in their Twitter bios. List their preferred pronouns in their Twitter bios. And who would want to see their neighbors and co-workers destroyed for telling off-color jokes, but who will simultaneously claim that we shouldn't judge the treatment of women under the Taliban, right? I mean, who are we to pretend to care about these women, and who are we to even judge this ancient culture for its own, you know, norms? <laughs> well, looky here. Ah, and what imaginary version of the general left is out there defending specifically the fucking Taliban's treatment of women? Please subscribe via patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes to hear the full episode. By supporting on Patreon, you'll get access to all Patreon-exclusive content, including Woking Up and early releases of Polite Conversations too, as well as special patron events like AMAs and Skype chats. If you enjoy the show, do consider supporting, because without listeners like you, deep dive content like this isn't possible.